proceed until apprehended. The Kissing with Confidence podcast. With Russell Wardrop, Kissing with Confidence founder and CEO. He has the knowledge, but not the phosphorescence of learning. That's a terrific quote from Emily Dickinson. And essentially she's saying that someone has smarts, cleverness, but not the ability to light a fire in the audience with the way that they express themselves. So here is where you start to get the phosphorescence of learning, bearing in mind that in analysis, you worked out who you were speaking to, why you were speaking to them, and the room layout, and all that jazz. So here you have to do some divergent thinking. And in my experience, this is amongst the most difficult exercises you have to do if you're not used to what we call creative thinking. As an architect, you spend a lot of time doing divergent creative thinking. So here I'm going to explain to you ways where specifically you have the opportunity to do some creative or divergent thinking. And it's important to emphasize right now that you shouldn't be tempted or worry about the completed presentation, how it's structured, how you're going to deliver it. That will come later. You have to run yourself a bath, pour yourself a glass of wine, light some candles and think. And you can't take your PC into the bathroom or it's going to fry. So a couple of ways you can do that. One you'll be very familiar with, uh, have a diary. And when you get 10 minutes in the flight, when you get 10 minutes before you go to your bed, when you get up in the morning, over lunch, whatever, even after the gym session, you write some ideas down on some pages. And for the keynote presentation I delivered in Toledo to the cranial surgeons, um, I spent a fair few minutes on flights and various other places just writing ideas down, despite the fact that I obviously knew the subject matter. So you collect all these ideas and it's important to get emphasized again, you're not worrying about the completed presentation. Now many of you will do that, but here's another idea for your divergent thinking or brainstorming. Grab yourself a post-it pad and get a quiet room. And just immediately with a Sharpie pen, splat 10 ideas onto 10 post-its and throw them against the wall. And then do another 10, then do another 10. Then go for a walk and come back and try and do another 10 or another 5. If you're getting stuck, grab someone else that you trust and have them give you some ideas. And then forget about ideas that are connected with your keynote presentation. Get a different colored post-it pad or whatever. I just put it in a different part of the wall and throw 10 personal ideas up on the wall. The last cycle ride you did, where you did with your kids at the weekend, where you last went in the hall, the last book you read, what your hobbies are, anything like that. The last disastrous travel experience that you had, what the weather was like at the weekend, and throw them up and throw another 10 up. And where you are now is you've got <coughs> just a big collection of ideas up on a wall. Now, patently, that's not a presentation, and there's no question that some people are discombobulated by that because they're thinking, well, 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 why do that? And not only why do it, but also I've got too much information. But here's the key. Before you start preparing what you would call a structured presentation that's got clarity and focus and power, surely you should have as many good ideas as possible. And having too good, many good ideas is a good thing because you can bin some of them. And that's what you're going to start thinking about next. But don't throw anything away yet. Here's what you do next. You look at all your ideas. Sit back and look at them. Now you know your 
subject. You know you've got a keynote to deliver. And in my case, it was it's perfect. What to do when Ted comes calling. And you've got a collection of ideas. What's jumping out at you? In other words, what are the key strategic themes you are likely to think you would like to deliver? Now, the key thing there is strategic. Big picture themes. Don't get caught in the weeds. Don't get down into the detail yet. There's lots of time for that. And if you are a detailed person, seriously resist getting into the detail. Have a look. What are the big picture elements of the objective of your pitch? What's the why? And ideally, you want three themes. You could have four themes. You might have five themes, but you're not going to have more than five themes or your audience are going to want to kill you by the end of it. So what you do with your post-it pads is you start clustering those ideas into groups with your post-its up on a wall. Now, if you're doing this on your diary, you highlight your ideas and you start grouping your ideas into little pages. And don't worry about what order they come in. Don't worry about a beginning. Don't worry about a middle. Don't worry about an end. These things will come. We'll work on those things in future podcasts. But what's starting to emerge now are clusters of ideas that you're grouping together that are forming themes that are starting to look like substantive parts of your keynote presentation. Now, if you've completely avoided the personal stuff on the other colour of post-it pad or on the other page, have a look at that. What are the things that you can put from your personal life or things that you're interested in and you believe in that might fit some of those themes? Because every good keynote presenter in one way or another is a storyteller. And one of the five ways to make the emotional connection is to personalise that message. Now, don't get me wrong. Not everything should be first person. But personalising your message is a really good way of telling a story that relates to you and to the audience. Now, you can have any number of ways to prove that. But if you look at Sapiens by Hariri, he talks about the key defining aspect of the human race is their ability to tell stories to themselves. And that ability not just to tell stories to themselves, but for the receiver of the message, the receiver of the story, to be able to take that story and go action it from way, way back. So what you're doing by collecting these ideas is eventually up in the wall or in your diary, having every conceivable idea for this keynote presentation, every single one. And then shortly after that, what you do is you start clustering those ideas into groups. Now, this is your first iteration of your keynote presentation. You should be doing 17 of these. But at the end of this part, what you've got are your ideas, not in any particular order. And here's the thing, you don't have any slides yet. That's really important. Because as soon as you start preparing technology, as soon as you turn that computer on, you're going to get into a situation where you've got a boring red PowerPoint-led presentation. And you can't have that. You can't have the technology leading the story. There will be a time to integrate any technology or any other visual aid or anything else that you want, but it's not now. So in summary, what you're doing right now is you're coming up with every single idea you can conceive, and you're going to do that for longer than you think you should until you get really fed up of it. And again, if you're not good at it, get someone who's more creative than you to keep you at that divergent thinking phase for as long as possible. After you've exhausted yourself with your ideas, 
What you do next is you start clustering them into groups and you start seeing what themes emerge. Key strategic themes. And again, don't put your computer on yet. <coughs> Collect these things down on your diary, on a piece of paper. Eventually we'll get to the computer. Yeah? Now, if you are getting PowerPoint withdrawal symptoms, yeah, don't put that computer on. Why would you do that? You're going to get lost in GIFs or whatever. Put some rectangles on a piece of paper and think if you had these big themes, if these were your strategic themes, what might a visual representation look like if you wanted to have visual representation alongside the key themes? Because you are about to think about constructing your presentation. And when you construct your presentation, you might well decide that there is some kind of a visual aid alongside the words that you're choosing to use. But what's really important here in this aspect of creating your keynote presentation, you only start thinking about the visuals or whatever you want to call the aids that you have to you physically standing in front of the audience once you have got every idea out of your head. And not only that, once you've articulated some of those ideas and thought, here are the major components of the keynote presentation I am delivering. Now, the actual mechanics of the presentation will take care of themselves. They really will. You are capable of delivering a decent presentation and you are capable of structuring it with a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah, we'll come to that. But right now what you've got is the basis of something that once you start constructing it, it's going to suit the audience that you're going to have in front of you because you've already thought about that. You've got a sexy title there as well. And not only that, you now know that the key strategic themes you're intending to have fit your analysis. Now, we're going to put some meat in those bones. Proceed until apprehended podcast is produced by Kissing with Confidence. Find out more on our website at kissingwithconfidence.com.